You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Our guest this week, if you are a, uh, if you're in the sports media, he doesn't really need an introduction. I'll give him one anyway. Mike Golick spent 26 years at ESPN as a radio host, NFL studio analyst, NFL and college football game analyst, obviously part of one of the most well-known radio shows in the history of the medium, Mike and Mike. And Mike Golick is good enough to join me today on the sports media podcast mike i've been i've been trying to track you now for a while I, I i appreciate you uh i really do appreciate you coming coming on no problem richard maybe i do need an introduction now it's been a while so you know maybe people have for, forgotten uh what uh what, what i do or what i did and so maybe i have to reintroduce myself <laughs> we yeah we're in an attention deficit disorder kind of society <laughs> but but i think your 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 resume probably holds um all right. I, you know full well that obviously I have some questions for you about um, ESPN and uh, your time there and obviously you leaving there. So let's start here. Um, if I have my research correct, your last day on ESPN's campus as an employee was December 22nd, even though you did some college football assignments afterwards. We are now in June. Um, what have the last six months or so been like for you? But yeah, you're right. It was December 22nd. My last uh, gig I did was the Fiesta Bowl uh, in Arizona with Dave Pash. I think it was January 2nd. And it was, I'd said then, I think I tweeted it out when I was finished up cleaning out my office. The last person I saw and he was sitting in my office was my son, Mike. So I thought that was, that was kind of uh, poetic justice. Uh, the last person I see after working there for years is a kid who was 10 years old. Uh, when I first got to ESPN. So that was uh, pretty wild. But in, in all honesty, Richard, I have enjoyed this time off. I always knew I was going to get back into something. And like my agent basically told me when when it ended in January and I finished, he said, listen, you had the choice of doing absolutely nothing. Things, think, you know, I'm not going to lie. Think, things went well from that aspect. Um, he said, you could do nothing. He said, you can just do partial things that you enjoy, or you can jump back in with both feet and, you know, have at it. And he said, you can decide and do whatever you want. So I knew to some, as my wife said, you know, I'm, I'm 50, 58. So when I was done, I had just turned 58. And she said, you're, you're not going to want to not do anything and just sit around. So I'm, I'm going to do something, but I did take my sweet old damn time in, in getting there because I did enjoy it. Probably took me three weeks to get out of the 4:15 wake up mode, um, so I, I, I've normalized to like a 7:30 quarter to eight now, which has been nice. I go to bed later. Unbelievably, I've been watching the NBA playoffs and actually watching the 10 10:30 game in its entirety. Something I was never able to do while I was doing a morning show. So uh, I have been doing a lot. You know, we sold our place in Connecticut that we lived lived there for obviously decades, a couple decades. And I have a house right on, uh, right by Notre Dame campus that the kids love to come to during the season. And I have a place in Scottsdale. So Chris and I, my wife will jump back and forth between there. We've done that already. Um, and I, at this point, 
So I, I've done nothing but go on podcasts and shows and things like that. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm deciding between uh, a couple of different podcast things, a couple of different college football things, and something that I think will be a lot of fun, Richard, a it, it, it's not in the sports world, though it will involve some sports people. It will involve traveling to their hometowns, possibly. That's something that's still kind of in the works. But that that's one of those things that my agent talked about doing those fun things. Fun to me has been college football. I love doing it, and I'll do it again. It's just a matter of with who. And this other project, if it goes, and I should find out pretty soon, I was hoping to have some answers by the time you and I we're able to do this. Unfortunately, uh, it's, it's getting there, but not just yet. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, you know, the world we're in now, we're doing it right now. It's a world of podcasts. So I'll, I'll jump into that medium as well. So your time frame then is, I mean, you're fairly, fair to say you're fairly close to having something that you'll do, let, let, let's call it on a regular basis. Yes. And, and reason being, and, and you would know this and anybody in this industry knows this, that if you're going to get going, you better be going by football season. You know, that that's the mother of all seasons. So this is this is kind of basically the time, the downtime. As you, and when I was doing radio, it was right when NBA was ending. And I know I believe it, it'll, it go, it's going a little longer than what it normally had done. But usually the NBA had ended around the second or third week of June. And we had basically that month, month and a half until the NFL camps got going. And that was kind of that dead time. But by... At middle to end of July, early August, you better get going and better be doing something. And I plan on being by then. There was a thought of maybe doing a little earlier, but I'm not going to lie. I, I have enjoyed kind of having my own schedule and, and doing nothing. I, I, I have enjoyed it. But, you know, I, I do miss talking. I was doing a bunch of interviews for a company around the Super Bowl. And every time I would finish, my wife would be like, you need to get back into this. You know, you're just you have, you have, you have too much to say and I'm sick of being the only one listening to it. So <laughs> I, uh, uh, so I have taken my time, but, but by, by football or before uh, it'll all be gone. I don't want to uh, play amateur psychologist here, but was, was, did you feel like it was important for you and your family to leave Connecticut and to move away from like the, the area of Bristol and almost start anew. Is that why part of the reason you move? I know you're a Notre Dame guy. I know you love that part of the world, but I don't know. Did it feel like you had to get out of there just because you're, you, you want a psychological uh, disconnection too? You mean it being cathartic to move? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 we did not think that all. It was just, you know, we had the place in Connecticut. We had the place here where I'm at Notre Dame. We had the place in Scottsdale. That's three. I didn't need three anymore. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, out the, 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 the toughest part was, you know, Mike is right there um, in, in West Hartford. He was 15 minutes from us. And Jake and, and my son, Jake, and his wife, Jenny, and my daughter, Sydney, and her fiance, Ben, were all in Boston. So that was the one great thing about it. But, but the thing we can always do is we can go, we go get in it. Like, we're going to wait to see where everybody settles within the next six months or a year. Where are they then? And then if everybody is still back east, we can go get an apartment or a condo back there just to have a place to drop the bags and be able to see uh, everybody. So we'll do that. Um, but but no, to, to answer your question, there was no psychological or cathartic reason to say, well, we need to get out of here. We've been here long, you know, and it ended and we're, we're, we're not happy or, or, or it's too nostalgic or we don't want to look back. So we need to get out. No, no, it, it, really, it didn't have anything to do with that. All right. Let me ask you a very open ended question to start this. Why are you no longer at ESPN from your perspective? 
Oh, listen, I, this has been the, the, the easiest thing for me to equate. Um, and I equated a lot of things to the sports world, which certainly worked because I was in you know the sports industry is, you know, I got cut from the Houston Oilers and I got cut from the Miami Dolphins or, or cut from the, yeah, the Miami Dolphins. And the reason was, is they didn't want me anymore. It's that simple. They didn't feel I had worth to their team. So they cut me. I thought they were wrong in both instances, but it doesn't matter what I think, you know, when they call you into the GM office and the head coach office and they release you, they're going to release you. You know, there's no sense in, in saying, oh, I could do this or I could do that. They've made their decision. With ESPN, it was the same thing. You know, when Mike and Mike ended, uh, they, they still felt there was value to having me there. That's why the new, you know, the new morning show with me and Trey and, and my son uh, got going. But after that deal was up and that contract was going to be up, um, they just felt there wasn't any worth. And not even from a monetary point, Richard, because they didn't even talk about taking less money. We knew everybody was taking pay cuts. They didn't even talk about that. You know, I, again, I was the one in July 31st when the show ended, they were just going to let me sit there for six months and collect the paycheck. And I said, no, let me, let me go back and call college games. I love doing college. And they were like, well, hell, okay. I guess he was going to work and he was going to get paid anyway. So yeah, we'll have a new college games. So I did that. And, you know, we've gone back to him since in, there were probably three or four different entities we have been talking to about college and ESPN was one of them. And, and their, their last conversation with my agent was, nope. No, no, don't, don't want it. Not, and not even, not even a talk of, well, we can't pay much. We can owe it. Nothing. It was just, no. So th they're just like those teams cut me. They felt I had no more worth to them. ESPN, I'm sure felt the same way. I have no more worth to them. Is it a blow to the Eagle? Sure. When you're there for it, for anybody, it would be, but when you're there for as long as you are and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're not even, it's not even discussed to keep you there. Yeah. That's a blow to the ego, but you know, that's life. You know, I, I can't sit here and cry about it. You move on. You know, there are, uh, so it was a nice break and other people want me to do some things and I'll eventually go to that. But uh, that's why it ended. That, that's an easy question to answer. So let me, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I mean, you, and I appreciate your answer because you sort of answered some of the things I asked. So I asked this of Trey and it was about you. So my thesis was there's a strong argument to be made that goes like this. Why would you remove Mike Golick from the morning spot, given all his equity that he's built up with his audience, given that this is not even like a, uh, a major statement, given that he's far and away the most well-known person there, he's built a relationship with that specific audience. It would seem to be a no-brainer to create a brand around Mike Golick on ESPN radio, even if it's not in the morning. So... Like, what am I missing from, from, from management? They have a known quantity. You just told me that money wouldn't have been an issue. You'd be, you'd be willing to sort of come up with a number that works for both sides. Is it really just a matter of certain management just made, it, made a decision that we don't want Mike Olick on ESPN Radio anymore? Which, is, which if that's the decision, that's... On, just, I'll be very blunt. That's just bad business. Well, in I my mean, opinion. but, but that's absolutely what happened. Right. I mean, it had to, I mean, they knew what I was making. I knew I was, couldn't make that any, they knew what I was making, obviously with Mike and Mike, and that went down when I went to meet Trey and my son. And I knew, you know, if I was going to stay there, it would go down again. But like I said, there was never that discussion. So that that's, you know, that that's the two people I deal with at ESPN. That's a question for them. That, 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 that just what you asked. It would be put to them 
because when I put it to one of them, I said, why? It was like the first response was, I don't have, we don't have to tell you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and then it was, then it was, well, we just think we just felt it was time for a change. And again, if, if that's the reason, if, if you were to ask them and that would be what they said, we just, you know, he's been there 20 some years. We just felt it was time for a change. Okay. Listen, that's their decision. Decisions like that are made all the time. Do I agree with it? No. But again, you know, I, I wasn't asked. So that and that Richard, that may be their answer. Their answer might just be we we felt he's been there long enough. We we don't feel there's there's you know he's worth it being here anymore. Obviously, they felt that because I'm not there. Um, so that that would be a question for them. But they could probably give you an, an answer that easy and and not get into anything more if there is anything more. And I have no idea if there is. Can I ask who you dealt with in management in terms of those discussions? Well, th- those two it was Norby, who I've known for years, and, and Dave Roberts. So those those are the two guys that I basically dealt with for for most of the time you know the the last couple of years one of the things i i I was curious about um was whether you know you were in an interesting situation because not only were you a long time uh employee of the espn sort of you know coming to the end of a contract obviously a very uh you know, known entity. So ESPN knows that people are, people like me are interested in you and what's going to happen, but your son is there and he's, um, you know, he's got a nice career going. He's got a a very prominent show with Chinea Gumake. And I, I would imagine just as a father, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to create any kind of negative news cycle that in that theoretically could impact him. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was, did you have to navigate this, all of this, sort of, for lack of a better word, judiciously, because Mike is Mike Jr. is there, and you don't want your situation to potentially cause any kind of issue with him. Sure, uh, without question. I mean, I, I think any any father would be doing that or any parent would be doing something like that for their kid. And, and whether it would have created something bad for him or not, I don't know the answer to that, but I certainly didn't want to, want to take that chance. So, yes, to, to answer your question... Um, but Mike has proven, listen, when Mike first got the gig there, and was doing four to six before, you know, me and Greeny were doing our show and then, and then jumped down with Trey and I would do four to six and then jump on our shows doing six hours of radio. And he was the first to always diffuse the situation of, you know, the old nepotism thing and, Correct, and, yeah. and got asked about it yeah, and, and understand that. Yeah. He understands he got the chance because of the last name, which and, and connections, you know, whether it's college connections, family connections, whatever, that, that happens all the time. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say it doesn't. It does. But we're also in a in a world where you still have to be. There's no way Mike is still on air if Mike isn't doing a good job. I don't care what connection. If, if life worked on connections, both Mike and Jake would still be playing in the NFL because I played in the NFL for nine years. But it doesn't work that way. So you may be able to get in the door or crack the door open and have a chance, but then you have to do your thing, you know, and Mike has done it, you know, time and time again on radio and TV to prove his worth for being there. Uh, But that being said, I I still would never want to create a situation that could be looked bad on for the name. And with that name still working there at ESPN, again, do I know it would have had an effect on Mike? I have no idea the end of the day, you're still dealing with human beings who can, who can maybe take things personally or hold grudges. I don't know if they do or don't, but you know, you don't want it to affect any other entity outside of just me. I I would, I'd want to take it all on myself. So, but I I did it because I, 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 I'm not saying I did it because 
oh, I, I, I had to do it on this guy that's going to do it. I think any parent would do it for any kid, given the circumstances where if there's any blowback on their kid, they would want to try to avoid that at all costs. Trey um, told me this, and you certainly would have known this before anybody else would have known this, that you know, once his contractual obligations were up for the morning show, he wanted to do something else. He wasn't a morning person. <laughs> um, he, he loved that. Needless, I'm sure you know that better than anybody. Yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, he loved the job he had before, but he was made an offer. It was obviously a very good offer. He was on. He was told by people he trusted that you can't turn this down because, in his words, Trey's words, uh, you know, management will hold this against you. So he did it. He fulfilled this obligation, and then, um, and then we know what happened to him when when he let you know that he 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 was ultimately going to move on and and he wasn't going to continue with the show. Did you did you have any inkling that this would ultimately be what happened, or were you working under the premise that okay, if Trey's not there, then? Uh, they're going to give me another partner and I'll, I'll make it work with another partner. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I definitely thought I was going to keep going. Yes. Um, you know, when Mike and Mike ended and they were talking about the next uh, host uh, the, and they, they, they asked me for my input, which is interesting. I've been asked for my input a lot over the years, but it, it never seemed to work <laughs> as yeah. far as what, what my input was. But again, that's, that's their decisions, not mine. And I had said, listen, I, I, I know Trey because they brought up Trey's name. I said, I know Trey. I've worked with Trey since 2003 on, on NFL Live. And we live five minutes from each other, you know, in Connecticut. So I know him and get along well with him. Uh, Jason Fitz had been filling in a lot. Me, it had been me, Jason, and my son, Mike. And I said, or Stugatz. <clears throat> I said, Stugatz is someone I know Mike has all worked with a lot. I've enjoyed working with a lot. I, and it was to the point where I actually called Dan um, – uh, Dan Lebetard and I and I said, listen, um, I'm if I'm going to keep pursuing this with with Jason Fitz, and obviously they're talking with Trey as well, and that's cool. But I want to get Stu in the mix as well. But I'm only going to do it if you're. I don't want to be like I'm poaching your partner. I need you yeah. know you you to say, hey, that's cool. You know, Stu can do it, and Dan was great about it. Dan said, listen, if that's something that Stu wants to do. Uh, you know, I am more than happy that, that if he wants to go do it and they offer to him and he wants to do it. So I made sure I did that. And then uh, Trog Keller was still running radio and, and they and and I was basically told this. They, they felt they would go the safest route, which was Trey, because Trey was a obviously a well-known co commodity and a true pro at what he does without question. I mean, he kills it with the NFL. And to, and and to, and football obviously being king as well, so to bring Trey on, and and listen again, I was fine with it. I would have been fine with 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 any one of those three, but and I get it from Trey's point too. You know, you're 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 getting yourself a nice payday, so I completely understand that. But yeah, it, it didn't take long behind the scenes for for Trey to you know let us know he, he didn't like the mornings, you know, and 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 it, it probably. And I think he's even admitted it probably wasn't in his best interest to let everybody else know that as well. Uh, I, I think he had talked about that kind of publicly or even to the bosses. And, uh, and I, I, unfortunately, I don't know how, how that helped him in, in the long run. In his eyes, he was probably like, hey, I'm just being honest here. And, you know, he was. He was very honest before his contract was up to the powers that be that says, listen, when this is over, I just, I just don't like these hours, you know, and, and I don't want to do it. And he was very forthright with them. And, you know, that their, their end game for him, I guess, was that's it. You know, you're done uh, here at ESPN. So I, when, 
when our show was, and and then when they were going to end me, Trey and Mike, uh, you know, it was the decided kind of during the pandemic. And I remember writing an email to, uh, to, uh, to Jimmy and to Norby and to Dave. And I said, listen, guys, <clears throat> I said, I, I, I get, you may be done, you know, with, with me and, and this show and the way it is. I said, but let me just put this out here. I said, we're in a pandemic right now. You know, the world's kind of upside down. Why don't you, you know, just make it easy now. And this was last, what, March or April, I guess. Just, just to have, you know, Trey is, you know, we know Trey doesn't want to do it anymore. So he's, he's going to, going to leave, you know, the, the show. I said, because it's a pandemic, nobody's traveling anywhere. Nobody's doing everything. Why don't we just keep some consistency? Just have me, Mike and Jason Fitz, because Jason Fitz had filled in a ton, you know, just move him in there because again, nobody was traveling. We were, I know while me and Mike and Trey were doing in our basement, Jason could have could have filled in for the slot where Trey was and been right in the basement. And let's just keep the consistency till we're through this thing next year, right around this time, you know, what would have been. I said, instead of trying a brand new show with completely new characters, where I said, I had been I had been doing this for almost 18 years with Greeny. And when I started a new show with me, Trey and Mike, radio and ESPN traveled us everywhere to the affiliates. Me and Trey and Mike all were very well known, especially Trey and I, but still we were marketed out to the affiliates. Hey, this is going to be the new show to give it, you know, to build, to ramp it up, you know, to give it some juice that they, they, and, and I said, this is going to, if you have a whole new show, I said, it certainly isn't really fair to them. They can't do any of that. And it turned out to be obviously Zubin and Jay Will and Keyshawn. They didn't get the benefit of any of that. To me, I felt like they got put behind the eight ball of not being to travel around and get in front of the affiliates and do Q&A with with listeners and all that for a couple of months and roll it out. Um, Was it also self-serving where I was going to continue to have the show? Yes. But I also remember me, Trey and Mike going all over the place to talk to people and meet people and slap backs and shake hands. And these guys didn't get to do that at all. So I said an email. Let me, Mike, and Jason go for a year. Let us go from April or May or whatever it was till next April or May or June. You know, and if it's still at that point, which would be right now, and we are coming out of the pandemic, everything has opened up. If you still feel the need to change it, then you have had, we would have had a whole year to kind of get what you were wanting to go, get to the point where at this point you could have traveled them around a little more to meet some people and ramp up a bit. And I got a response back from one of them that said, thanks for your input. And that was it. Um, so, I mean, that, that was just my thought. That was just my thought. Self-serving, yes, in the point of I still wanted to do a show and I thought that it could still be a good show. But also, I've been in the business a while and know of the ramp up. And, and I just, I, I, in all honesty, and because and, and, people are like, oh, do you not like the new morning guys? No, not at all. There was an opportunity there and those guys took advantage of it and they're, they're doing their thing. To me, I think they got screwed a bit by not being able to go out and identify with with the different affiliates and fan bases and stuff. I think that I and, and then you're also doing it during a pandemic. I thought it was a very, very tough time to start a brand, completely brand new show. Yeah, especially with uh, the business, as you know, far more competitive now with yeah. podcasts. I mean, people's. Uh you know, we're not in the same universe that you and Mike Greenberg started. Right, it's exactly. a whole different universe yep. with so many different choices. I, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I happen to agree with the, 
your thesis there. I think uh, actually a lot of other people in the business would as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I want to ask you a, very, a couple of quick questions about Mike and Mike and that experience. Um, you will always be linked to Mike Greenberg, as you know, because of your long tenure with him on Mike and Mike. Uh, do you have a relationship with him today? Um, no, not really. Um, and, and it's not all just on the way it ended. Green, it's weird. And I try to explain this as best I can. Greeny and I were certainly friends, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, all the years we did the show and all the traveling we did together. But as far as, you know, our lives from ESPN, we were basically an hour and a half apart. And when I started the show, I had three kids. He had none. So we were we already kind of lived in two different worlds. And quite honestly, I think that's what made the show as successful as it was. I think a lot of others have agreed and have said that is, in fact, one of our taglines, what makes them different makes them great. You know, whatever what somebody used on us. But we were very different. And we were we were were never around outside of the show or outside of when we had to travel to the show. It, we never hung out anyway. We, we, it was never a friendship like that. Um, so then, you know, obviously it didn't end. I didn't like the way it ended and, and the way things went down. And that's obviously been well documented. So from that point on, again, outside of the show, we never had we never liked say, hey, let's hang out. You know, and we, we never did that anyway, even though, you know, we, we were certainly friends. Um, then once it ended kind of the way it ended. There was just, again, from a geographical re, uh, situation and just a life situation in general where kids were, where family was, there was just, you know, n- n- no real reason that we really kept in touch. We see each other when at like the Super Bowls enough to say, hi, how are the kids? But that that's pretty much it. The um, You know this um, because I was the person who wrote it. In 2017, I wrote a big piece for Sports Illustrated about, from my reporting, um, off-camera tension and sort of what was going on in the show. By the way, I appreciate you talking to me four years later (laughs) after that piece. Nice of you to do that. Um, And one of the things that, um, that I'm glad to now be able to ask you now, as we talk about sort of four years later, and you should obviously only go as far as you want to go. Sure. But it was very clear that Mike Greenberg, as he certainly um, had every right to do, wanted to have um, his own television presence. And, had agents that were very connected at the time to ESPN management, John Skipper in particular. And Mike got himself, obviously, a significant raise and a significant amount of money and a significant sort of star at ESPN. What was left behind, of course, was Mike and Mike, one of the most successful radio brands, no matter if you like the show or not. Now that it's four years later, Mike, um, when you reflect back on that, you know, he ultimately made a choice that he thought was best for his career, but there was collateral damage for that choice. And I wonder just how you feel about this four years later, because to me, that sort of effectively ended 
the show. Once one part, once one part of a show decides that they sort of want to be a soloist, the, the 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 partnership really ultimately sort of ends that day, at least in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and and I don't know if there's been a misconception about it that that Greeny, you know, broke up Mike and Mike, and Greeny ruined this, and blah 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 blah. blah. Greeny has, and you said it, and I've said it. Greeny had every right to want to go do his own thing. Every right. He wanted to be in New York. He wanted to host his own TV show. And he was in a position, you know, that he got it. You know, he had, uh, however it all worked out, you know, he got it. He, he got what he wanted. And he had every single right to want to do that. My entire issue the whole time was, and the way I, I finally equated it to, to Mike at one point during it, before it ended. And it, there, yeah, there absolutely was, was tension behind the scenes. And I was actually proud of the way we still did the show, uh, yeah. in all honesty. You guys um, did finish. I was because yeah. it, it wasn't the other thing that was amazing to me is we all know when the show ended, it was a, when we were told it was over, it was a year and a half before it actually ended, which that's a long runway to, to, to deal with what was going on. So let me just say again, Green had every single right to want to go do his own thing. But, and, but the, the thing that got me was to not know. And, and there are those that said, well, he doesn't have to tell you. And, and you know what? They're right. He doesn't have to tell me. But I equated it. Greeny was a country club kid, uh, you know, understands the country club thing and tennis and all. He plays tennis and golf. So this is the way I equated it to him. I said, Greeny, I said, imagine if you and I were – were tennis partners. We were playing doubles tennis and we got to be really, really good, you know, and, and we did it for 17, 18 years where that's all we did. And we got really good at it. And then all of a sudden you with, without really saying anything, got another agent. And all of a sudden you were on your own. You got it. You were, you became, you became a singles player. You wanted to become a singles player, which is your right but you kind of just did it. And all of a sudden you were going to become a singles player. And your partner was like, wait, what the hell just happened? And I said, that that's my only issue. You know, we were partners for so long. Just sit me down and say, you know what, Mike, I, I think we've taken this as far as we can go or as far as yeah. I want it to go, because I want to go out on my own. You know, I want to be in New York, no matter what I want to, you know, host TV, you know, alone. That's what I want to do. I, I, again, I would have had no problem with that, but he has every right to do that. But I just, I, I, me personally, and maybe it's from being in team sports all my life and always thinking of team first, that just didn't seem to be the case. And that's the thing that, that upset me uh, the most. It wasn't him going and doing it because, as I'm saying, you know, probably ad nauseum now, because he had every right to want to go and do it. It was just the process of how it was done, uh, especially after 17 years, 18 years together, that, that irked me. Thank you for answering that. I, I appreciate that. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You have seen people that you worked with for a long time, 
uh, Trey Wingo, Kenny Main, Levitard, your reference before, Jamel Hill, Michael Smith, Dan Patrick. I can give you 50 more people or whatever. They've they've all found success post ESPN. Some of these people obviously will find far more success like Dan. Not everybody's going to get $50 million from DraftKings, but you have you have so many examples of people who left ESPN and have forged like these sort of new paths and new successes. And I, I don't know if like everybody who worked at ESPN 20 years ago might have believed that. I think people believe that ESPN was the destination. If anything ever happened to you and you lost your ESPN job, like that was it. Do you, not that you need it, Mike, and I'm sure financially you're fine and, um, and everything else, but do those guys like give you any kind of, um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. Not necessarily blueprint, but do, do, do you like seeing what they've done? And then do you think to yourself, you know what, like, like, yeah, my ESPN experience was fine, but I don't necessarily need ESPN. Like, I have my own audience that I think will come in and listen to me. I, I think um, one of the things about that is, and you said it earlier, going back to when Mike and Mike started, it was a different world, right? This was a different world where we were getting faxes, you know, and the, and the, the fax <laughs> the, the would roll up behind the thing right. and you'd have to dig it out and there was no Twitter and there was no uh, uh, Instagram and all sure that. those faxes were sponsored by somebody though, Mike, uh, I yeah, guarantee yeah, that they sure as well as, you know, the, the studio and such, but now there are so many more ways you can put yourself out there. And what it shows me as far as those people, listen, there's unbelievably talented people, you know, at ESPN still, but what it also shows that is those people are, are talented enough to where when ESPN doesn't want them anymore, or they choose to leave ESPN, they're still showing their talent. They still have the talent to go out and succeed in today's sports world because it, it has opened up. It wasn't just, man, you better take what you can get at ESPN because if you don't, there's nothing else out there. Well, there's a hell of a lot more else that is out there that, is, that can be competitive to where there are people that are choosing to leave ESPN because they think they can have a better opportunity. Some do, some don't. Um, so I think that's the big thing is, what it does, it just confirms to me the talent of these people that, that are gone from ESPN, that they have the ability to still be successful because they're, they're just good. They're, just, they're flat out good. Um, not, again, not to say, listen, you know, the, the big ticket guys, you know, at ESPN, <coughs> Stephen A., Greeny, uh, uh, Scott Van Pelt, these guys are unbelievably talented. Listen, you know, I mean, there, there are tons of talent uh, w- with them. But that doesn't mean the guys and, and the men and women who have left ESPN didn't have the talent. ESPN just made their decisions on who they wanted to keep and who they didn't want to keep. That doesn't m- mean that those people that left weren't, weren't great. And, and they're showing it. They're showing it by going off on their own and continue to be successful. Um, is, is that a motivation for me? No. No, it, it never was. First for me has always been family. I'm going to do what's best for uh, you know, me and my family. Do I want to still be involved in sports? Yes. But you know what? If I'm doing college, people would say, if you're doing college football, you want to be on TV. Well, I don't. I might, might, the gig I may do, Richard, might be on radio. I don't care if it's on TV. I don't care if it's on radio. I just love calling college games. I keep going back to my agent to do what you love to do. The one thing you can do when you leave ESPN is you can explore other areas that you really couldn't do while you're at ESPN. As I mentioned earlier, this show I may be doing, and I, and I wish it was in stone now to tell you, but the show that I may be doing is something I couldn't do when I was at ESPN, but now I can. And, you know, I did a pilot for it, and it was a ball. 
it was a ton of fun. So it does actually give you a little more freedom as well if you choose to go down, you know, different paths. So I, I, I'm hoping to enjoy that. Well, the good thing for you is, you know, if it's radio, whether it's like a Westwood One or an IMG type, I mean, there are so many colleges out there uh, with the opportunity to do, to call games um, on that medium. So if that's something you're interested in, I I, can, I would be stunned if that, uh, if that doesn't happen for you. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Mike. So here's what I, I want to finish with, um, and this this has always been interesting to me. Um, you know, I've written this many times in um, in print. Like uh, when I listened to the radio, especially in my formative years, I liked more edgy radio, uh, Howard Stern, and people like that. So Mike and Mike, w- yeah, Mike and Mike was not really my thing. I've certainly written this in 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 print, um, and so. But one of the things that like struck me. When I talked to your old boss, Trog Keller, who I really, I I liked, I I liked all my dealings with him. I thought he was a really bright guy. He ran ESPN's audio business, including talent and and content, et cetera. And so we talked about this and I sort of told him, you know, we had a conversation about once about Mike and Mike. And I sort of said, you know, he's like, you know, you've written a couple of times, like Richard, you know, that you think the show's too vanilla. And I sort of told him why I thought that. And I remember he told me this, and this was really interesting. And part of me sort of now understands it's a little bit more as a parent. And he said, let me t- give you the litmus test of mine for Mike and Mike and and why it sort of like worked for ESPN Radio. He said, I wanted to get a radio show where kids in the back seat driving to school could listen to something with their moms or dads. That was the kind of show I ultimately pitched to advertisers. That was the kind of show that we at ESPN wanted in the radio to fit our brand. And I thought that was sort of interesting if you use the litmus test of, all right, there's young kids in the back who like sports. What can you put on and who sort of works for them? And it gave me a little more insight, Mike, into why I think you connected with so many viewers out there um, that they felt that your enthusiasm and sort of passion for sports was real, even if they didn't necessarily agree with an opinion of yours or if they thought you were too pro-NFL or not, I think they liked your, I don't know, you were sort of unique and you were you. were you, And that, to me, I think was why you were successful at radio. And I wonder if you've sort of ever thought about, you know, most guys don't have your kind of resume in radio. Nobody has this kind of long run as you and Mike and Mike did. And I wonder if you sort of that, thought about at least in your end why it worked why you think you connected to an audience so you know we were never told you know trog never sat us down you know again because greeny and i met before a a, a, like it it wasn't even an audition um there was this was after tony bruno had left there were like 13 different co-hosts they were bringing in to see what my next partner would be and when somebody couldn't come in they would have a person working at ESPN just kind of fill in. And Greeny was one of those guys, you know, Greeny was just kind of filling in, but you know, I've told the story many a time, you know, my wife heard the first 15 minutes of, of the first time we met each other. And she said, he sounds kind of geeky, but he's the one, 
you know, and, and, you know, 18 years later, it turned out pretty well, but we were never, never sat down and said, we want to like what Trog told you was never told to us. Um, this was just how we were, you know, so this was in 2000 when Greeny and I started, you know, I had three kids by that point, my youngest being six and my oldest being like 11, you know, 11, 11 years old, 10, 11 years old. Greeny had no kids, but they were getting close to having Nikki their first. So he was getting ready to become a parent. And it's a one thing we both kind of just decided we didn't sit and talk about it. It was just kind of understood until we did kind of say, we like it this way that we were going to be more of a family show. We weren't going to be that R rated. We were going to be PG 13, probably at most, we weren't going to step on the blue line or over the blue line. We, we wanted, you know, I had said from the beginning, anything my kids did, did was going to become content on air. And it turned out as Greeny's kids were growing through this, uh, through our show, his did as well, but we liked that, but that, but we didn't act. We didn't put that act on Richard. That that's kind of what, who, who we were. You know, I, my, my kids mock me all the time when they're going to do something. And certainly for Mike, when he was going to get into this and we talked about it for really in, in any stretch of life, interviews, jobs, whatever, I give this line and my kids roll their eyes and laugh at me. And I just say, just be yourself. You know, my dad gave me that, that, that uh, a long, long time ago. He said, some people like you, some people won't. So that's all I've been for those 17, 18 years. That's all I've been. I just, I've always been kind of a guy you could sit at the bar with, have a beer with and shoot the breeze with, you know, we've had women come up to us on the, on the road during the shows uh, and say, you know what, just what Trog said. She said, I appreciate when I'm driving my kid to school, I never have to have my hand on the dial getting ready to turn it. Um, it's just the way we did the show, but that's naturally how we did the show. Cause people always say, Oh, ESPN's telling them to do this or tell them to do that. I can honestly say I was never told to do one thing. Um, I, it's always just how I was. It's always how our show went the same that continued on with me and Trey and my son, Mike. And I told my son, Mike, that's how he, I, I felt that's how we should do a show. Just be yourself. I tell it to my kids all the time. So I, it was never going to be different than that. And did we think when Greeny and I started, it was going to go to the heights that it went? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Greeny was more concerned when he took that job to not mess up the fact that he was on sports center a couple nights a week. And that obviously was huge. And he didn't want to screw that up. And I, and I understood because I moved to Connecticut for the ESPN morning show, even though I was doing NFL tonight, it was called then. Um, and I was doing college games for ESPN. I moved from Scottsdale to Bristol to do the morning show. And then Tony Bruno left after year. I loved working with Tony. I love Tony, but he left after a year. And I was like, Holy shit. You know, what, what am I going to do now? I mean, one year I moved me and my, my wife had three kids here and the guy I'm doing the show with leaves. So we did not have those expectations when Greeny and I started, you know, again, he was picked. He wasn't even one of the people out of the group to be picked to be my co-host. And he ends up being my co-host. So we didn't expect it. And then it grew and we just continued to, to do our things and be ourselves. And, uh, you know, that, that's what I'll always continue to do. And some people may like it. Some people may not like it. Some people, oh, he talks too much. Oh, they're too van- he's too vanilla. Whatever. Okay. You're going to like me. There's, there's plenty of other options out there that I hope you enjoy them. You know, I'm not for everybody. I never have been, never will be. But it's a lot easier to turn on the mic and be yourself than turn on the mic or do anything in life. And all of a sudden, you have to go into act mode. Mike Golick is, uh, is well, as you sort of just heard in this uh, 
uh, podcast. He's got a lot of things that potentially could be coming. I wish I could reference specific stuff, Mike. So I'm going to have to sort of just scramble mode here. I know. You, you know what? When, when they happen, when they happen, I will, I will let you know. Please I, I let me know. I yeah. will. I will. All right, so, will. so as we, as we'll conclude this, Mike Golick, you will be seeing him soon again in some media forum. It'll just, or multiple media forums. It'll just be a question of what, and in all seriousness, Mike, if you are interested in radio in college, I do hope you do that because there, I guarantee there, there will be uh um, there will be assignments there for you. You, you know, one of the best things about it, Richard, one of the yeah. best things about that is the fact that I won't have to put on a coat and tie. Exactly. Radio. Radio's awesome. great. If you, I mean, I, I don't awesome. know if you personally know Kevin Harlan, but oh, there are Kevin, guys who have incredible stars of play by play or analyst, uh, you know, on sports television who, who talk about how much they enjoy radio far more than TV. So it's not, it's a, not it's to, such a great thing. Not to take up too much of your time, but when no, I got out of the, when I got out of the NFL and ESPN hired me to do college games for them in ABC, Jacksonville was coming into, into being in 95. That was their first year. And they were looking for a TV analyst for their preseason games. So I, my agent put my name in for that and I got it. So that was the first, the, some of the first analytic, analytic jobs I was doing. And my partner was Kevin Harlan. Wow. So my, my, my first play by play in, in that kind of that genre was Kevin Harlan, which was fantastic because he is great. He is yeah, so good. Awesome. And he's such a great guy. So yeah. And I've done games on radio before and I love it. I love doing it. So again, I don't have to be on TV. I don't need to be seen by everybody, you know, but I like to talk about sports and I love calling games. So however it works out, I'll be good. I'll be cool with it. Uh, Mike Olick, as I mentioned before, spent 26 years at ESPN uh, as a radio host, a well-known one, NFL studio analyst, uh, NFL and college football analyst. And like he just said, you'll be hearing him somewhere soon. Mike, I appreciate the time. I mean, you gave me more time than I expected. Uh, I appreciate your transparency on this. I think the people who are listening um, to this podcast uh, will feel the same. Thanks so much. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck as you head forward in this next chapter. Thanks, Richard. I appreciate it, man. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Mike Golick uh, for giving me that much time, and uh, and I appreciate his transparency. I hope you found that interesting. That really was um, that that was that was better than I expected, to be very honest. And uh, and so I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, if you head back to the archives, uh, prior to Mike Golick, we had Michael Kay and John Wertheim. Michael Kay and John Wertheim both have books coming out, and they also discussed uh, their respective careers which are both uh, interesting and they're doing interesting stuff before that ian dark of espn previewing the euros before that jamel hill and tom hannafin tom hannafin better known as tom phillips uh from the wwe now looking to uh, transition from sports entertainment and to do uh, sports stuff head to the sports media with richard deitch page uh if you're listening to this podcast leave us a five-star review and uh a nice note that's how this podcast continues it, uh, it really does my thanks to Patrick Antonetti for producing this podcast. Thank you to everybody at Cadence 13 for supporting this. And most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you once again on the Sports Media Podcast.